food deserts are major problems in urban centers where it doesn't make sense economically for large grocery stores to be located. So what is available for people who live in the city? They are eating out constantly, going to McDonald's or other fast food restaurants, because that's the only option for them. Well, there's one company that has a different idea about how to bring high quality, nutritious food to urban centers. Their name is BiFarm, and they have an aeroponic solution to growing crops in urban centers with the plan to be on every corner to provide that nutrition for urban dwellers as well and do it sustainably. So make sure you stay all the way to the end as Victoria, a digital marketer for BiFarm, explains their plan for BiFarm being on every corner in cities and also how they can apply their technology to be used in areas that would not originally be able to grow the types of crops that they are able to indoors in their aeroponic solution. And it could absolutely revolutionize the way we see agriculture today. You are here for another dose of climate positivity on the Green Business Impact Podcast. Here we highlight the amazing work of green businesses from around the world that are fighting against climate change. If you are ready to be inspired to take action, ready to hear some amazing examples of how we are working to fight the climate crisis, then stay tuned because this week's episode will be the perfect hit of climate positivity. Refrigerated, so we're using a lot of energy and gas to transport them to the grocery store. And once they get there, they only have a certain shelf life because they've been plucked from the vine for weeks now. So we want to help mitigate that and bring food closer to people. So instead of a couple thousand miles, it's just a couple miles away. We're aiming to help better food security. So a lot of areas where food deserts, where there's not a lot of access to fresh, healthy food markets, we want to reach those communities and give them a chance to have affordable access to these high quality foods. That's awesome. Yeah, I remember learning about that before about how some places like in the inner cities and urban areas like they really don't have like grocery stores because mm-hmm. grocery stores don't make sense economically for a grocery mm-hmm. store to go in into an urban city it's just really exactly. difficult to get shipping in there it's really difficult to be able to get the food to the actual grocery store so grocery stores that aren't in cities so these people who are living in cities they have to constantly go to mcdonald's or Exactly. Whatever food restaurants are around because they have to go way outside of the city just to get to an actual grocery store. So it's always really interesting to me. So you guys are really trying to break that paradigm, right? Yes, because a lot of times people will rely on public transportation. So someone who has a grocery store maybe five miles away, but they have their personal transportation, it's a 10 minute trip. They go in, they get what they need, they come back, they can buy all the food they want, frozen foods, pack them in, and not have to worry. However, if you're relying on public transportation, that 10-minute trip can easily turn into four hours, five hours, because you're dependent on the route. Now you got to plan your time in the grocery store, and you can only imagine a family of four, someone going and bringing groceries that'll last a week, or you just can't do it. It's it's created a very bad cycle that it's hard to break. So we definitely want to position ourselves to help break it and just give people what they need to be healthy. And it goes into community health. 
like you said, fast food restaurants are the first food of choice because it's the easiest. It's the most sense. They're around the corner. They don't have to go far, but it's really causing a problem. Heart issues, diabetes, blood pressure. And now they're burdened by, okay, now I got to have my medical bills. Now I have to pay for my medication. Now I have to pay for health insurance and my doctor. Now I have to take time out of my day to go and visit my doctor and not go to work or choose between all of these different things. And it's very unfortunate. And we really want to improve the future in this aspect. So one of our purposes is advance the way we grow for a better tomorrow. And so that's a part of everything that we do here. Definitely. That's a really great stance too, is to make a better tomorrow. And how are you going about this? What is your piece that you are contributing to allow these people to become more sustainable and not have to go to these far off grocery stores or buy from fast food? So first and foremost, we're a technology company. So we provide energy and water agriculture solutions with smart aeroponics and microclimate control. So what this does is we get to grow plants indoors with a fraction of the water usage. So it's much better than soil, much better than hydroponics. We use about 95% less. So we're conserving water. So the application could go anywhere across the United States. So places like California, where they have deserts or places that are extreme climate, like Nevada, they're all protected. Everything's grown indoors and it helps keep bugs away. You don't have to use pesticides. So those are some of the benefits of our equipment. And like I said before, we want to build a platform for people to adopt this equipment, bring it indoors bring it to underutilized infrastructure. So we're seeing a lot of people convert shipping containers into indoor agriculture solutions. So they'll put in the grow equipment in there, have your climate controls so that you control your lights, your temperatures to give it the perfect environment just for those plants need to survive and thrive and produce high quality and healthy, nutritious plants. Very cool. And what type of plants are you able to grow in these types of environments? There really isn't a limit. In theory, you can grow anything. However, stuff like sugarcane or corn that grows exorbitantly tall and in mass, it's not the most applicable choice, it is possible. What we like to stress is that we're not here to replace agriculture. We're here to facilitate it. We're here to improve it and make it better. So there are some things that at scale, it doesn't make sense, but stuff like maybe strawberries, lettuce, cucumbers, vegetables, those can all be grown indoors and be fresh and ready to go right off the vine. You can let them go to their highest quality and then just pick them off. And then two days later, they're already on someone's plate. So that's our goal. That's what we really want to see happen. That's really cool. And I also saw on your website that you guys have ways of monitoring this all with your platform. Yes. Could you go more into that? Of course. So our systems are powered by GrowOS. So they are the brains of the operations. Our equipment comes with climate control computers and that facilitates a whole warehouse or individual units. That connects to our GrowOS app that you can use on the computer, on your phone, on your tablet. So when you hook up cameras and sensors, you can view all those metrics from the app on your computer or on your phone. So let's say if I wanted to pull it up right now, I can, on my little webcam that I've attached, pull it up and I can see, oh, everything's going great. Or, oh, I think there's something a little bit off about this plant. Let me go in and check it today and make adjustments from there. 
our climate, the ambient temperature, the temperature in our root chamber. That's one of the most important to keep a stabilized root zone. Everybody thinks, oh, the plant leaves, the foliage, that's what makes a healthy plant, but it's the roots. If you fail at the roots, you fail at the overall growth and quality of your plant. For sure, definitely. So how do you keep that environment stable inside the root system? So our root chambers, we have a dual system. So we have two four by four root chambers on our commercial units. So they're insulated. So they keep ambient temperatures from affecting. We also have a chilling and heating system. So that let's say the optimal root zone environment for your plant is about 75 degrees. We can actively keep that temperature without relying on the ambient temperature to cool the water. So everything goes in our reservoir. We have pH, EC monitor, cooling, chilling, recirculation, and then it brings it up into our root chambers. The roots go ahead and get sprayed with our aeroponic mist, which helps provide the perfect environment of oxygen and nutrient delivery. And we get a boost of growth from that. Wow, that's impressive. There's, there's so much information there for sure. Yeah. You've got the root system and you're able to not only keep the climate in there controlled, but you're also able to keep them moisturized and have the right saturation. So there's yes. definitely a lot of points that you're measuring and keeping track of as you're inside yeah. of that system. And all of those settings are customizable. So not all plants are built the same. So we often get a lot of questions. Oh, do you know how to do ginseng? Or do you know how to do tomatoes? Or do you know how to do ginger? And it's, there's a lot of different plants out there. And we're just at this point, we can't test every single one of them. So all of our controls are customizable from how long it sprays, the interval to when it will spray next. We give that customization so that people who know their plants better can go ahead and do what they do best. And you guys also work with research and development too. So you have universities or different school settings that are able to research different plants and all that stuff, right? Yes. So right now we have Cornell University is using one of our systems for their research, for their personal research. And we also are working with, I believe it's University of Colorado and University of Florida. So University of Florida, we're really excited because it's in our home state and they're going to be doing their agricultural program with the unit. So it's very exciting. That's really awesome. So how long have you been working with Cornell as well? Cornell approached us a couple of years ago. I don't have the details right now, but I I can always forward that to you. But primarily what they were initially interested was in root zone research on apples and to see the genetics of, okay, so we have a certain type of tree. Let's see how they grow. Let's see if the genetics affect the root growth. And in order to do that, you can't put them in soil. And water with hydroponics can be a little bit consuming on the resource. So they opted for aeroponics, the mist, so that they could pull out the plants undisturbed, analyze, and then put them back. And everybody is happy, plants are healthy, and then they can move on with their research without damaging the roots. That's awesome. Very cool. So where do you guys hope to see this applied? Like you hope the urban setting and change that around. So what is your kind of time scale? What are you guys looking at for goals for the next six months, year? Definitely for the next five years, we want to see by farm aeroponics and our equipment like on a corner store. We want to be able to walk from housing, from neighborhoods and like a neighborhood bakery almost. And we want to be associated like that. That's your little boutique without the boutique pricing to go in and pick fresh foods as you need it and take it home with you same day. So almost like a little mini 
grocery or farmer's market, if you will, right. but the plants are grown right there in the store. So exactly, you know, yes. not even getting shipped from anywhere. You can't get fresher than that. Definitely. So you're just, you're in the store, you're picking strawberries or whatever. So exactly. That's what we definitely want to see that happen. And we're pushing to, to get that through. That's really cool. So how do you think this is going to impact society? Is it going to be impactful just to urban settings? Like where do you guys see this as like on a bigger scale? For the urban settings, like I said, for health issues, the more people can take care of themselves in more natural ways. Over the years, we can see an improvement with community health and improves community, I don't know if I want to say happiness, but community morale. Also, it's a great impact on the environment. We're using less water, less energy, so it could be adapted to places otherwise would not be able to grow. So I think I mentioned earlier, Nevada, it's very desert, it's very dry, and it doesn't make sense to grow anything there. However, you have Las Vegas, who is importing so much food for all of their casinos and they have to be fresh. It has to be high quality. So if we can get maybe a facility over there, much larger to support that, we can use less water and just provide food for that otherwise would have been transported and causing a lot of environmental impact. Definitely. Very cool. So you really can take this anywhere. You're not constrained by the environment. So if you exactly. wanted to grow tomatoes in the desert, you could, even though that would be impossible right now, you wouldn't go and try to grow it tomato in the desert yeah you could get the system yeah or alternatively you could grow year-round in canada where it snows most of the year it's cold it's too cold for most of their foods it's something that actually i believe the netherlands has been doing with a lot of their produce mainly their flowers they grow year-round and uh, i think it's time that the rest of the world adopts that model of indoor agriculture in a smart responsible way definitely do you have any numbers to compare regular agriculture with the numbers from your system? Like how does that compare to, because you do have to house the plants and you need water and the different sensors and all of that. So how does this all relate to, if I were just to go and plant a mm -hmm. certain crop and then instead I wanted to transfer it to this indoor system, the aeroponics and everything, how does that compare? We often get the remark, well, if you're going to grow indoors with artificial lights, you might as well use sunlight. But I believe there's a lot of other factors that go into traditional agriculture. You have your equipment, just as you would have equipment indoors. You have your tractors, your harvesters, your planters, all that stuff necessary in order to run your operation at scale. You need to store all of that produce. You need to ship all that produce. And it's almost, it's not apples to oranges. I think it's apples to apples. They balance out in the end anyways. You have your indoor controlled lights and your AC, but if you properly insulate or if you use solar power, you can offset that. And then if you have in the neighborhood, you're cutting down on transportation costs already. And then when you have the water usage, traditional soil agriculture uses 95% more water. So it's water being wasted. It's water that's being evaporated. It's also water that can be contaminated with agriculture products like pesticides and fertilizers getting into the waterways. An issue that we have here in Florida, and it's not part of agriculture, but people who fertilize their lawns during the rainy seasons, we can't do that because all the water runoff goes into our canals, causes an algae bloom and kills all of our fish. And it's just, it damages our ecosystem. So I think there's pros and cons to everything, but I definitely feel we can shift over to the indoor agriculture and have a better environmental footprint than traditional agriculture. Definitely. Very cool. So you think your system will definitely help with this, the 
climate crisis and everything we're going through these days? I think it can relieve a lot of the pressure. It's not the answer to everything. Like I said, there's pros and cons. We'll never be a perfect growing solution where we'll not use any energy. There's give and take, but I think there's a lot more give than there is take with these. Just the benefits, the eco, the society, and then just the quality of the produce that is coming out. Definitely, for sure. You really can't eliminate it all, right? There's got to be something somewhere that you're using So there's definitely pros and cons. You can optimize and you can continue to grow along your way as you're, as you're tending to get larger and you can really make things more efficient and you have a lot more room to grow there for sure. Exactly. And that's the intent. That's the goal to keep going, keep scaling and make this accessible to everyone to enable people to grow. Yeah. That's awesome. So what would your ideal goal for 10 years from now? Do you want to have these stores like on every corner where you can just go and pick your groceries and things like that? What do you hope to see? And even further than that, do you hope there's any type of climate movement with this where where you see your company growing even past just on every corner or where you'd like to see? Yeah, I would love to see on the corners, helping the communities, but I want to go global in places where food security is a big issue, areas where water is the issue, like let's say farmlands in Africa, sometimes they get ravaged by locusts. It doesn't always make sense to put an electrical powered system in there, but if you try to offset that with solar power and get the energy that way, it could be a very viable resource there because you're protected from the pests, you're protected from the weather, and you just go in and get out and you get your food. That's awesome. There's so many applications for this. Like it's not just in urban centers, but really can benefit societies in a lot of different places. So that's awesome. Very cool. All right. Just to wrap it up here. Uh, thanks. Thanks for sharing. So where's the one place that if anybody wants to reach out to you, ask you any questions, where can they find you? So they can come to our website, www.byfarm.com, or they can reach us at Instagram, Facebook, at ByFarm, and we'd be happy to help answer anybody's questions, see if this is a good solution for them, how they can adapt it. Definitely. Very cool. Thank you so much for joining me today. I really appreciate it. Oh, thank you for having me. And if you enjoyed learning about how Bifarm is providing aeroponics and a new solution for agriculture, then I invite you to check out this interview with Power From Within Clean Energy Society, who is creating sustainable housing solutions that integrate hydroponics as well and solar to really allow so many people to become more sustainable. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Green Business Impact Podcast. We hope you enjoyed hearing your weekly dose of climate positivity. In a world that constantly inundates you with the negative things happening, it can be great to take a break and hear some great things happening in the world. Make sure to hit subscribe on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast app to stay up to date with the latest and best interviews of the top minds in the green industries. And if you are interested in taking your green business to the next level, consider checking out our Business Creativity Mastermind linked in the show notes below to harness the power of creativity and innovation to 10x your business. Thanks again, and we can't wait to see you back here next time for another hit of Climate Positivity.